0: today on the go for bronze podcast we have the ps plus essential lineup for january that's right you heard it here first on go for bronze we talk about some of the christmas memories that continue to be made we had special times for all those years it was magical
1: you have stolen my dreams
0: no 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 we have not We talk about the movie The Whale that uh, Joel went and saw. Let's just put it this way, nobody's hungry. For all that and more, here are the guys.
2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Gopher Bronze Podcast, episode 11. I am Joel Torres, as always, and is with me, as always, in life and in podcasts, Mark Ace Acevedo.
1: Yo, yo, hello, Merry Christmas, Merry Holidays, everyone.
2: Merry holidays to everybody! When you'll be hearing this, it'll probably be post Christmas. So happy New Year's, happy Hanukkah, happy Ramadan, happy everything. We celebrate everybody here at the Go for Bronze podcast. But uh, Mark, now you're you're packing some serious heat now with the what PS5 Yeah,
1: I've always been packing <laughs> some serious heat. Thanks for that. Yeah, oh yeah now my my, my PlayStation. Yay. Yeah, I've got I've got five terabytes on my PS5 now. I asked for a Christmas I, I had on my wish list I had a one terabyte internal SSD and Maximum my dad really detected. hooked me up and when I talked to him he was like yeah you know I was gonna get you the one terabyte but they were on back order so I just got you the two terabyte and I was like oh shit all right and so now I'm rocking with the two terabyte internal and I have a two terabyte external for ps4 games so we're sitting with five terabytes total I know you have an internal SSD and now my brother Alex as well also got an SSD Ace. and he brought his system over and I did the little surgery on his too and installed it. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome having that much storage.
2: are really just cool. packing heat. We're, we're all hung here.
1: Yeah, now I can just have everything on my system for if I want to play Maximum it. And it's, it's just really nice. Yeah, and then I streamed on... I believe I was streamed yesterday of me installing it and whatnot on Twitch.
2: And where can they follow you on stream?
1: Uh, on stream, yeah, for for Twitch, you could follow me at Ace Nighthawk. Um, it's exactly how it sounds—just the name Ace, and then night, like nighttime, and then hawk, like the bird. Probably will <laughs> splice that up and upload it on YouTube, or maybe repost it on the Gopher Bronze, so you can find it there as well. You can find us all over the place. But, yeah, the, the, the storage is awesome. I love it.
2: Yeah, no, it's definitely, like, a game changer, especially with being able to download PS5-specific games as we get further on in the consoles and we're having less of that cross-generation stank. We're getting pure PS5 games, so that way you can actually, like, upload and actually play PS5 games. Because I know with the external hard drives, you can only really have the PS4 games on there. And because I, I was looking into getting the external for, like, two terabytes, but I was like, it's not worth it, especially this late in the generation it's about to gear up to ps5 only and it's honestly you know if you haven't done it yet it's a very key move especially if you're somebody like us who has like those live service games like gran turismo 7 and modern warfare or modern warfare 2 with warzone and stuff like that you just have like those big like 100 gig games constantly on your system that add so that add to the storage and like just take up more space with each and every single update it's definitely a no brainer. So that way you actually need to both to like have more than like two games.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly okay. right. That's why I wanted The HDD was when we had Warzone one and we were dealing with that behemoth being like 200 and something gigabytes. So it's useful. And then something that I didn't know before, but I guess it's a PSA is if you get an M.2 internal SSD, you can put all your games and apps on it, but save data and captures uh, can only be stored on the internal SSD. But that's cool i mean it's really easy to shift everything over as soon as i put it in i shifted all of my ps5 games over to the ssd and it was like 500 something gigabytes and it moved over in like 20 minutes so it's really quick you can swap it in and out and then it just tells you with a disclaimer that if you're running something on your internal ssd and it doesn't run as intended just switch it back over to the to the base ssd in the console and then it should fix your problems but i haven't noticed anything or any difference in the couple of games that i've played with it i know the read speed on the one i put in is about 6400 mb and i think the one alex has is about seven thousand. so damn what I the don't, fuck alex got well I he has a he got a samsung i don't remember the exact name of it i know okay. the one i have is a corsair and then you know the, all, and then all the bullshit that's like mine is like mp600 yeah, lx yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever you know but it, it's good and yeah, it's, it's really awesome. It really easy to use. It has the use. heat sink and, then... and
2: everything too?
1: Exactly. It has the heat sink and everything because when I was looking at videos for how to put it in, I was originally seeing videos that were like, okay, so now you have your SSD and it's this little thin kind of chip and you're going to put thermal pads. And I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. I ain't fucking <laughs> around with that. I ain't built no PC before. Yeah. But luckily now, yeah, they have heat sinks on them. So if you're shopping for an SSD and it looks like there's like grids on top of it. It probably has a heatsink pre-attached to it. And the installation is really simple.
2: I mean, yeah, I did it and I am like techno. I am like technically inept. I can barely do anything. I have to call Joe to even update my place, uh, update my laptop at times. And that's not a joke. Joe has taken over my laptop virtually to update it. So if I can do it, anybody can do it
1: joe is tech savvy too though let's not let's not get it twisted that joe is the next steve jobs so let's no, make sure joe we give credit in. where credit's due
2: yeah no no no. that's no disrespect to joe i'm just saying like, i'm so stupid like with technology though like i just can't if hey, i can I do like it t- you can do it
0: you know i bring you yesterday's tech next week you know that's
2: exactly yes it is will... nice. tech next week. <laughs> good shit <laughs> Joe's. Here with i hear what the like ipod a- touch
1: Yeah, he's got it. He's got it all tuned in. One of the things I like, too, whenever you mess with internals on PlayStations, I don't know if it goes back before PS4, but messing with my PS4, too, that the screws inside of the PlayStation have the sacred symbols carved into them. I always like that. That is cool. Because it's like a little touch that nobody might see, but it's fun. Tell us about The Whale.
2: (laughs) So, The Whale. Starring Brandon Fraser. Starring... Uh Sydney Sink Sink Sydney Sink, aka Max from Stranger Sadie Things. Sink. Sadie Sink. We, we, you know what's funny? Me and Pamela were calling her Sydney the whole time. We we're like, I don't have no idea why. I'm reading it as Sadie, even when at the end I read it as Sadie and I was like, Sydney. I don't know why. Sydney seems like it would be better than Sadie. Whatever. Starring Sadie Sink, as you would know, as Max from Stranger Things, and then a few other people. It, the cast is only seven people. It's uh The Whale's based on a play, which I did not know until the very end. It's a movie about a man who eats after having some traumatic events and just kind of falls down a, like, like a downward depression, really bad uh, health conditions, tries to reconnect with people of his past, and it's a very dark, very heavy movie, no pun intended, and... It's definitely not the ideal movie to watch the day after Christmas, but me and Pamela were bored and we're like, "Hey, I'm, I'm off from work. Let's see what we can do." We actually we originally wanted to watch The Whale at the Enzian, as I was telling you earlier, but they only had a six twenty five showing, and she had to go back to Lakeland, so that wasn't going to work out for our schedule. So we ended up watching it in Disney Springs, and it was a uh, it was it was fun. It was definitely like a good movie. I've been in a movie mood. Mark can can attest to this. I'm not the biggest movie guy, but I do get into my moods and where I'm like, I want to just consume a bunch of movies. So I watched Knives Out the day before. I thought that that was pretty mid. And then I was like, I want to see something good. The whale I heard was really good. And I can attest to it being well or being good. You just have to be in the right headspace for it. Know what you're going into. It is dark. It is depressing. You will puke. Don't eat before. And do not try to eat during the movie because we went to an AMC dine movie theater and this was the funniest part is that these people next to us got like popcorn and all this shit and then they have really grotesque eating scenes and then I just looked over and they're just like not touching their food at all because it's, it just makes you want to puke. So I would give the whale four out of five whales.
1: Okay, yeah. I, th- I think I was never that interested in it but your review is good to hear and to add a little bit of context to it because the most interesting thing about it for me was that it's from darren aronofsky but most of his movies have Mm -hmm. a nice they have a gradual build to a somewhat grand conclusion and from what you told me it kind of sounds like the movie is not necessarily boring but it stays grounded throughout the whole thing which for me that's not what I like that director for. So I think I might stick away from that. And then it just sounds like, yeah, it's like hella nasty. And it's probably sad and maybe it has like a, a, I don't know, a nice twist to it. But and then Knives Out, I thought Knives Out was ass when I saw it. I thought Knives Out was yeah, colorful Knives and out. I liked the cast. But when you have a murder mystery like that, it really depends per person kind of how you're going to take the, the twist that it sets up for you. But then also just a big pet peeve for me personally <laughs> is when a movie sets rules for what's going on in the universe. And then if the rule is like broken or doesn't make that much sense, I have a hard time staying with it. And I know, I mean, I remember clearly, I'm not going to say it, but I remember the rule of Knives Out and I'm like, that's fucking stupid.
2: What rule? I'm confused.
1: With the vomiting?
2: oh but I yeah, feel I should like they tell were consistent it's with that well they're consistent with it rule. but that doesn't
1: mean it's not dumb yeah that's yeah, true no,
2: no. That, I mean yeah there were, I thought you were, there was like an inconsistency with the role, but yeah that was no it's consistently was dumb. shitty yeah. yeah that was a dumb
1: uh, man, that is you, really dumb it is it's, yeah, it's I didn't think st- about
2: that part of the movie but that is really dumb
1: <laughs> yeah so I think I, I think that was the main thing that I remember leaving that and being like man whatever fuck that and then I know Glass Onion is now on Netflix but I don't really have too much interest in watching that, I guess, either. Joe, what's the last movie you watched?
0: Top Gun 2. Greatest oh, yeah. movie of all time oh. right after Top Gun 1. <laughs> oh my. How many times have you seen Top Gun 2? I mean, dude, countless. I can't tell you how many times. They just nailed it. Uh, have I seen anything since then? Nothing uh, that's changed. I, no, man. I revisit the classics. Apocalypse uh, Now. Naked Gun. I watched, in the spirit of Christmas, I watched my favorite holiday movie ever, my favorite Christmas movie, <laughs> Fat Man, starring Mel Gibson, and have I told you about this movie? No, I don't think you have. Oh, okay. this was a movie. Okay, Mel Gibson plays Santa Claus, and... Because he, so Santa Claus is subsidized by the government. Uh, A lot of people are falling onto the naughty list this year. So times are tough. He has to enter into a contract with the Department of Defense, you know, to uh, kind of make it by for the year. That's sort of the B plot. The A plot is there's this rich little brat that is uh, awful little, awful little shit. He gets coal for Christmas and then he hires a hitman to go kill Santa Claus. Now, this Hitman is like, you know, this is the top target. The, 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 the Hitman has always had it out for Santa Claus. And so it's like a very crazy blend of like real world. And it's fantastic. It's a great movie. Mel Gibson. It's called Fat Man. It's so it good. Sounds pretty good. I'm going to send you guys the trailer. It's really yeah, good. The There's a gunfight. I own this. I own the movie. There's fentanyl. What? Stolen oh, checks. Like Colt. Uh it came out in twenty twenty, <laughs> man. All what right. The okay, fuck damn.
2: Okay, this makes sense. I was about to say, when was Mel Gibson struggling for cash? But yeah, now twenty twenty, he's definitely struggling it, out here for It roles. came out in
0: twenty twenty. He's not struggling, dude. I mean he's Mad Max.
2: We don't need a Mad Max. Hero. Mad Max Mad Max he might be the worst part of Mad Max. He, he was made, Mad Max. He is Boy. he isn't
1: currently Mad Max.
0: Boy. Tom Hardy is currently Mad Max. Yeah, that's right.
2: Man made a better Mad Max movie.
0: Or Tom Hardy, isn't that also Bane? <laughs> that, that is Bane. We're born in our fire. Yeah. But this born. is a PlayStation
1: show.
2: This is a PlayStation oh. show, but before we get into the games, I just want to ask what is your favorite Christmas movie or holiday themed movie?
1: Oh, uh, Home shit. Alone 2. Definitely Home um, Alone 2. The first okay. one's great, but the second one is just that much more violent and it makes it that much better. We where the, like shit, the shit that is happening in Home Alone 2, you just, yeah, I mean, people would be just getting killed left and right, but it's like Dude. acting like it's no big deal. <laughs> Throwing bricks off of like 20 story buildings. Blow torches. I love that movie.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Getting shot That shocked. kid knew how to defend a home on a budget.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Dude, mean, have you ever
2: seen that? I have seen Home Alone 2. I, lo- I love the original and the first one. Are, are the like... original and the second one I gotcha. like the first one more I feel like because it's just what about more you iconic. what do you like
0: <laughs> yeah okay so the home alone that I like uh I like one dude because it's just number one <laughs> number one is awesome I love number one now number two uh home alone 2 lost in new york has one of the most notable cameos and i'm not gonna mention who it is i'm just gonna let you guys <laughs> i'm just gonna let you guys figure it out yeah all right. i remember i'm just gonna i'm just gonna tell you all right this is the best cameo ever other cameos total disaster total disaster <laughs> other cameos total disaster this one's very
2: very good uh, i didn't think about shit. that when i was bringing it up I thought that's why you liked home, too, the most I mean, I, I was, was like, trying
1: to get to the games, and now we're out here getting the shit that shit off the rails. I thought that was a bit of a dog whistle,
0: Mark. I thought you. Yeah, were... I, I
2: thought that. Was, yeah, I thought you were singing I was like, "What's going on right now? That's crazy." But if you're gonna ask, my favorite Christmas movie is Bad Santa because I just love. Oh yeah, depressing. Yeah, good. That's good shit. It's real funny. It's depressing. It's just it hits all the notes.
1: I love but the uh, alarm clock this? scene.
2: Oh yeah, I, I the alarm so clock scene is
1: awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's just a great. But right, let's get into yeah. the games. That's what you guys came here for. We are technically a PlayStation podcast. Mark, what have you been playing this week? the holiday week with a little more extra time we've been able to dive into some more shit.
1: Yeah, so I've been hitting the premium tier pretty hard. I was I've been playing Ridge Racer 2. <laughs> for uh, a couple of hours and i haven't played a ridge racer before so it was cool to play one for the first time but then also kind of get i after playing it i went online and tried to get kind of a deeper knowledge on what ridge racers history was and that kind of thing and so ridge racer 2 the one that we got on the premium tier is a PSP game, but it has titles for or it has uh, tracks from numerous games and it's solid. I mean, it's really fun. It's got a very thick, like early 2000s aesthetic, if that makes sense. It's very like Japanese in the track design and the music. The music is really good. And then there's a guy that's talking while you're driving that's like hyping you up, and he's like, Yeah, wow, that drift was amazing. And I'm like, Hell yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> but that shit is fun. The only thing with it is that it is a premium tier game and it does not have trophies. Now, with that being said, it's because it's a Bandai Namco, or I think at the time it was just Namco, but it's a third party game. And I'm noticing that third party games don't get trophies while first party games do which will kind of shift me right into my next one, is just today I've been playing Pinball Heroes, which is the other PSP title that they put up, but that is first party and does have trophies and has a lovely trophy list that I'm almost already done with the platinum. I have 80-something percent. And it's very quick. You could probably platinum it in like two hours, Mm skill-based. So the platinum rate is pretty high on it. It's about 24%. You basically just have to play the boards and beat the high score that's listed now that's where i'm like it could probably be like 30 minutes or like seven hours skill dependent because for me most of them were pretty easy but i'm now at like the last three or four and some of them are kind of difficult but it's fun it's awesome it's it's like that's exactly what they should be doing in these classic games where the trophy list is not really difficult but it's enough to kind of to kind of guide you into just completing the game and kind of enjoying it and seeing what it's about just give you that little extra kind of motivation to get into it so ridge racer 2 and pinball heroes solid pinball heroes will definitely be my next platinum and then i'm playing more sonic frontiers i'm on the third island now i'm on chaos island and it's still really good it's getting it's getting more interesting in the boss fights but i would say that it's getting a little stagnant in the activities and the things that you do i (laughs) think that the different islands are nice but i would I would hope for a little bit more variety in the activities that you do island to island. And more specifically, what I'm noticing is the portals, the kind of like cyberspace. So like the real levels you do is I was thinking like, okay, cool. When I'm on the first island and I do a level, it's going to be like green hill zone or whatever. And then they're going to move on, but I'm in the third island and I'm still doing like green hill zone type of levels. So the levels seem like they're not really progressing kind of congruently with the islands but i am enjoying it and then i don't have much to say on this other one at the moment but liz being the perfect uh woman that she is in perfect sweetheart is like anytime she wants to watch me play something now she's forcing me to play god of war so i am playing that so that's
2: good oh okay that's good Uh, at least somebody's getting you to fucking play the game you know
1: yeah i agree i mean (laughs) i know yeah and and again i know this is now an ongoing thing but i've had even more spoiled for me and i actually the thing that i had spoiled which of course i won't say i actually told joel a couple of days ago and he was like damn that kind of sucks and so i haven't told the first
2: thing you told me that i was like okay that's yeah that hurts
1: so but anyway yeah i'm getting back to that and so i see your list is blank here but i know you're playing something so why don't you talk to us a bit
2: uh i am playing uh before we hop into that my uh, ridge racer i was like thinking i was just i was like just looking up here i was like word race on ps3 because i did play one and i played ridge racer 7 and what i remember distinctly about that game is that it let you play uh galaga and for like the loading screen and i thought that was really cool that's like when they were doing that that was like on very few playstation 3 games but that's just a little side tangent but i have been playing games Uh, I've been playing Need for Speed Unbound and Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion. Uh, Final Fantasy VII is great. Uh, The story, I'm diving more into it. It's uh, becoming a lot more interesting. I'm very interested to see how it ends and how it ties in into Final Fantasy VII. Love getting backstory for characters that you see in the original game and... I think, I think, honestly, the way that you're playing it by playing this game first is probably best because Final Fantasy VII does throw a lot at you, and it's just like, you're supposed to know all this shit, and it's like, wait, what? But this provides, like a I feel like, a solid background because there is obviously new characters that you don't see in the original game, but there is, like, half of them are like, oh, I know this person, and then you kind of like understand their motivations and why they're in the positions they are, or why they're pieces of shit, and then um... Need for Speed Unbound. I played a little bit of it. I got to basically the ending of the tutorial where you get your car uh, stolen, and then you got to start. You got to start from the basics. And as what I was my a f- very uh, common phrase I say with uh, racing games because I just want to get a Honda Civic and I just want to push that bitch to two hundred. So my starting car, I picked the Honda Civic Type R. I think it's the EK nine generation, the little hatchback. I love it. And, uh, you know, just grinding out, just trying to become the top street racer. And just, you know, so when you uh, I had a question for you, because you said that it was pretty easy relatively. Were you talking about early on when you were driving your personal car, when you selected your own car and was out here grinding on the streets, Mark? Uh, I, when meant you when you,
1: I meant when you select your own car and you start grinding. I, it's it's difficult. It's more difficult than like a regular, I guess, racing game would be. But I enjoy that. I don't Mm -hmm. think that the actual racing is that difficult. I think it's just kind of like pay attention, which I like because something that slows me down in other racing games is when I win too many without trying, then it's just not fun. And this one stays competitive. I haven't played more since I did the trial, but I my first car, I think I picked the Eclipse uh, Mm -hmm. as my first car. So I'm enjoying that. And then as he's saying, yeah, per Christmas... Uh, I was gifted some PSN cards, which is lovely. Like I, I always am every Christmas, and so I picked up Unbound, Callisto Protocol, and Aliens into the Hive Edition. I haven't hopped back into Unbound, but I'm glad to hear you're playing it because I did really enjoy what I played of it.
2: Yeah, I mean the driving is it's hit or miss for me because it's like a little too. It feels a little too floaty for me at times. But then, like you said, it's kind of nice because it just it's right in between that like. You don't have to pay attention fully, but like you have limited amount of restarts, and you can fuck up if you crash into a car and like ruin your whole like race and have to restart. So it's a good balance. The drifting is a little weird, and I do have to kind of get used to it because they they recommend that you uh, use L two to drift, but it's a lot easier if you just press R two and then just start drifting that way, as you would like most traditional Need for Speed games. I don't know why in the tutorial they. Used, like kind of steer you in the direction of using the l2 button but a lot easier you just press r2 and just turn
1: yeah i feel that it's probably i don't i think when i did it i i was doing a mix of it kind of depending on the angle of the turn but Mm -hmm. i definitely understand that it kind of is just going to lend itself to being like personal preference oh that was i was i was kind of trying to like you know waste time wise while i was trying to catch my thought what i was going to say is. one of the things that i really like about it which you kind of called me out for in a good way is i think something i really like about it is it's very momentum based now obviously it's a racing game so you're going to go faster and faster but that's not what i mean what i mean by that is when you're chaining good drifts together and drafting correctly and staying on the oncoming lane and getting the boost Mm -hmm. because you have two nitrous systems you have a standard nitrous that builds and then you have a almost like temporary one that if you're doing those actions and you activate it before it goes away, you get an extra little boost. So, when you're doing good in that game and you're really like tuned in, you're fucking going really quick, you're you're blasting by everyone, but like you're saying if you start crashing and you start fucking up, it can get it can get pretty frustrating. But I also feel like that's kind of how it should be. Like if you're crashing and shit, you shouldn't be able to just like rubber band all the way to the front and stuff like that.
2: that- definitely it gives me a little bit of like midnight club vibes i think so just like uh i I like the night i like i like the nitrous i like the like you said the nitrous system especially like when you like hit like all your drifts and you're drafting and then you get like the cool animations around your whole entire car because it has like those cool anime effects on the cars which i saw that people can turn those off and i'm like why would you turn that off that's like one of the coolest aspects of the game
1: And the deep cut reference for people too is that it definitely has elements of juiced with the calendar Um, and betting against other racers. It absolutely is. Even if it's like you might not like it, like that definitely is from that. Definitely the calendar.
2: Yeah, so I'm interested to definitely get more into that. Finish up Final Fantasy VII, possibly start up Callisto. Have you started Callisto at all by any chance? No,
1: I haven't started Callisto. I've just been sticking to... To the games that I have, uh, have have jotted down now, I have a shit ton downloaded because of that yeah. new SSD. I've got you know Callisto, Horizon, God of War, Warzone. I have a ton of stuff. I and I'm just adding games, and so Joel knows this is something that I really enjoy doing. Is just even once my system will be filled up of space, I like to just always be organizing, deleting, and downloading new games until, in my mind, I have, like, the perfect setup of, like, all these games are fantastic. So I'm going through that process now where I'm just filling the SSD up, and then I'll be editing out. But I haven't started Callisto. Actually, I haven't started any of those games I bought. I haven't started Callisto, Aliens, or Need for Speed yet.
2: Also, Aliens, just on the topic uh, of a- talking about the things you recently got, is Aliens co-op single-player, or is it co-op multiplayer?
1: It's, it's co-op it's co-op like story yes yeah, so it is it is uh basically hmm, i'm trying to think of a good other example like i outriders? can't I, a little bit like outriders so basically what it is is you're kind of when you spawn in i think you do a little tutorial so i actually played this on xbox on game pass is where i played like a trial of it maybe a year ago or not a trial but i just played it on game pass for mm-hmm. a couple of hours and then i really liked it so i was like i'll wait until i play it on my ps5 so With it, you spawn and you kind of do a tutorial and then you're kind of just in like a a hub world, kind of a military hangar. And then from there, you can either invite players or you can go into missions by yourself. And so the missions are kind of linear based kind of levels where you'll go through levels and you'll have objectives or there'll be like wave based areas, stuff like that. And then in between missions, you can upgrade your character, upgrade your weapons, your perks and whatnot. It's really good. I I enjoyed a lot and then yeah so me and you or Joe if he wants to hop on I think it's three player co-op so you can do three players per mission and then just play it a little bit level up a little bit and then this version that we got has the base game and has the pathogen expands expansion which I haven't played the game is extremely fun it's a third person shooter the abilities you have are really good the enemy variety is also excellent cuz you have uh you have a number of different alien types but then you also fight androids and different creatures that I won't spoil from like different alien universe things the trophy okay, list trophies. is very difficult very difficult oh, fuck <laughs> now it's it's not difficult in the sense of it's like bullshit it's just the game is actually pretty hard like even playing it on standard oh, okay. it's not very easy but I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I was playing it with randoms. So probably if you're playing it with people communicating, it's probably not nearly as bad. And it is a common thing for games to release with a really hard trophy list. And then to be like, well, we're going to put some patches in, so it's a little easier. So who knows? But it could be easier at this point now anyway.
2: Yeah, that definitely sounds fun, especially when like everybody's not on for a war zone and we, we need a break after after the crushing top five finishes and we need something to play that's just fun you know sometimes you want to have fun it's all for fun i mean if you're if you
1: yeah if you guys are down aliens would be a great it's a very easy like okay let's hop in a mission turn your brain off but it's still really good and then each Mm -hmm. mission probably lasts anywhere between i'd say like 15 and 20 minutes
2: okay all right that definitely sounds like some fun action because i mean we had we had a good time with outriders last year I mean, you ended up finishing it, but I feel like we played a decent amount of that game. We played, like, a solid 15-20 hours, it felt like.
1: Yeah, we did. We put in a solid amount of time and then I put in, like, fucking 80 hours and just got the the platinum. platinum. Yeah, Yeah. the, the end game of that was not... I don't know. It wasn't that enjoyable because it was one of those things where you just chip away at bosses and their health is just so massive. Like, they're not really difficult. It's just, like, fighting somebody takes a really long time because you're just Mm -hmm. chipping away and chipping away. But I'm glad I kind of got that one and got over it. But I did play that and the expansion. So it was probably a more fun Platinum playthrough than it would have been without the World Slayer expansion.
2: Yeah, I definitely could see that because at least you got like the new gear and stuff too. Exactly. But Before I move on to the few topics that we have, uh, let's get into our holiday segment. It is the holiday season, and we did tease this on the last episode. What are what is some of your favorite Christmas gaming memories?
1: I'm gonna go with one, and then okay. if if other ones come up, they come up, which it probably will happen. But I don't want you know I don't want to spoil all the stories because if I spoil all the stories now, you're not gonna have a reason to come back. So exactly, I, I mean, I would say essentially the one that always gets brought up is in 2006 when the PS3 launched we i have two brothers and so it was a you know family christmas and my dad was extremely smart with the way that he delivered the system so he's always been really good about getting systems on launch he got my brother the ps2 the first year it came out and we have a bunch of systems previously that i've kind of gathered from them but so with ps3 Basically, we went through all of Christmas. We all opened all of our gifts, and we didn't get a PS3, but nobody was upset. Everyone got still, like, fantastic stuff. And then towards the end of the night, my mom had a gift left under the tree, and she opened it. She tore the corner of it, and we saw Sony, and we all lost our shit. Like, we're all running around seeing it, because then she rips it open. We're like, oh, shit, it's a PS3. And then my dad comes out, like, fucking assassin with three games. He has one for each of us. And so I got Need for Speed Carbon. My brother Alex got Resistance Fall of Man, and my brother Matt got Fight Night Round Three. And so that was just like such a such a perfect way to deliver a system where it, this system is the family system. It's not anyone's, but everyone has a game, and everyone is like very happy and very satisfied. Now I was really happy with Need for Speed Carbon, but definitely if I had to rank that, like Resistance is definitely the best of those three. But yeah. really enjoyable kind of launch window, and then you know installing it, and then you have the Gran Turismo Five Prologue demo, and so I'd say that was that. That's the top. The PS3 one is just really good.
2: Yeah, um, I, I what have my Christmas uh, gaming memory would probably also be similar to the same year as the PS3. I don't want to steal your thunder, but that was also a big surprise when my dad get it because also the PS3 was kind of hard to get. It was also 600 dollars when it first came out so it was ridiculously priced so it wasn't like a guarantee that you were gonna get one a lot of people held out on buying a ps3 because of how expensive it was but just not to not to like retail kind of a similar story but it was a similar thing where we not but I, I have three brothers but i'm the oldest and it was my ps3 because they were too young to even play but i was just very shocked when i got it but i think the next year guitar hero 3 came out is that correct my Guitar I think Hero. so, it's
1: 2007. I mean, that sounds right.
2: So, the next year, I got Guitar Hero 3 on the day, on Christmas Day, which I was super happy. And I also got a, a pair of pajama pants. And I remember putting on the pajama pants and playing Guitar Hero 3 all day and beating the campaign, unlocking all the songs. And just, that was just, that's just like a very core memory for me. Like, nobody was, bo- I was uh, nobody was bothering me. I was in the living room just fucking rocking out to Guitar Hero 3 and just having a great time. Unlocking all the guitars, the songs, going through all the stages. And that that's a very core Christmas memory for me. Love
1: that. Yeah. I mean, Guitar Hero was always a, always a mainstay. I remember when I got World Tour in 2008. That was the first year Guitar Hero had all the instruments. The yeah. And I, I got the big box. And I remember, I don't think he actually did, but, you know, my dad would videotape all of it. So we, we have it. So we could always, I guess, check. But I think Matt... Was kind of like celebrating with me that I got it, and I like thought he like elbowed me, and I started crying like a little bitch. But the game was cool. But that was like that was like what was significant about that memory is I remember that being yeah. thing. And then once that was sorted out, took it upstairs, and then I, I think with World Tour, I remember I did the drums was like what I would do all the time, and mm-hmm. those shit broke like they always do. But yes, because Joe, do you have any receiving? gaming Christmas memories or if you don't do you have any giving ones
2: how was it when the Atari came out
0: like uh, like I never got (laughs) a gift for Christmas or a game for Christmas dude um yeah so the Super Nintendo Entertainment System uh yeah when that one came out uh my sister and I got it and it was just it was like uh it was huge because the Mario that came out with that was Super Mario World and mm-hmm. that was the first one where he could, like, fly, I think. Is that correct? That was the first one where he became the fox. No, that was...
2: I believe that is no, the one that introduces the, one with the, cape. the tanuki suit.
0: Yeah. It introduces the cape. Okay. Yeah. Anyhow, it was just awesome. I remember the controller. I remember, like, the... Uh, I remember... This is weird, but the smell of the controller, it was, like, that <laughs> new plastic, and just... it was It, it was great. I have a lot of good memories. My sister and I played it all night, and... You know, we always had good. Yeah, exactly. We always had really good Christmases. And that one was really special. I liked, you know, the ones where I got games and birthday games, too. But, you know, we're on Christmas. And yeah, I'm going to go with that one. The uh, Super Nintendo Entertainment System introduction.
1: Yeah, that's solid. Yeah, birthdays is like a whole different segment. But with games, it's such a it's such an easy hobby to kind of shop for for people who enjoy it. And so you end up having so many events where that is either like the main gift or what makes you most excited. And I really love that about it. Cause you can also never run out of either like stuff to get or give related
2: to it. Yeah. Especially nowadays with the amount of releases we get. Um, But I do think the fact that uh, physical games are dying is like kind of like being not the primary way people interact with games. It does take away a little bit of the magic of receiving an actual game. Like PSN cards are great and lovely. But there's something nice about being like, I thought that this game you're going to like it or it's a game you don't know about and somebody got it and you're like, oh my God, this is like my new favorite game. So, that uh, you know, but that's clearly probably nostalgia. It's much better just to give people their choice and then just be like, here you spend, you can buy $50 worth of fucking V-Bucks. But it's true.
1: It, it, it's true. It's it's good that you, especially the angle that you said of maybe getting out of your comfort zone and trying something you wouldn't have otherwise. Because Uh now when you get PSN cards or when I get PSN cards, basically I'll go through almost everything on the store and, you know, kind of sort through it in discussion with Joel and make sure it's like the perfect lineup. But it always ends up feeling like it's a pretty safe lineup because I'm the one getting it. I'm like, okay, well I know I'm going to like these games. And so the the games that I'm, And this is something that kind of scares me a little bit is the games that I am interested in, but I don't know for sure if I'm going to like it. I'm now starting to have the mentality of like, okay, well, I don't know if I want to buy this yet because maybe they'll throw this on plus or something like that. Not saying that I don't want to support it, but I'm like, well, I'm just going to buy the games that I know I'm going to enjoy, which I guess makes sense from just an enjoyment standpoint and an economic standpoint. But as just I felt a little gross thinking that being like, well, maybe they'll throw this on plus. so I don't need to buy this right now. Mm
2: Yeah, ours might be hitting a sale. You know, PlayStation yeah. does it have good, great sales at times. You know, me, me and you are no, no stranger to a sale. Every time that sale drops, we're like, oh, you seen it? We see what they have. <laughs>
1: Yeah, actually, we were pretty, we were pretty degen with it this year because we knew that the end of year sale was going to end before Christmas. So I was like, well, they're going to have a fucking Christmas sale. So I want to know. So I saw on PlayStation blog, they actually post sometimes what is going to be in the sales early. So they posted that for the holiday sale, which was nice. So I kind of went through it and saw that. Callista wasn't on it and so yeah that's right you heard it here ladies and gentlemen me bitching and complaining saying i never got it for full <laughs> price i did buy it for the 70 but it was playstation card so it's a little different and i used playstation stars rewards and i'll just go ahead and throw it now that i'm level four for playstation oh, shit. stars
2: you're officially level so four now good shit
1: i'm officially level four and there's nowhere to go i guess it doesn't i i know there's like a level five but i don't know how to get there i want to know
2: oh really there's a level five
1: I think so. I think it's like invite only or something. Hmm.
2: Interesante. But, uh, but I don't know how to get one, there. Yeah, there's one more gaming memory tied to Christmas that I want to say, and it was uh It's Mafia Two specific because it's also a great Christmas game. The intro of the game is Christmas, and uh, I got the game uh, on Christmas Day when I moved back to New Jersey. Like so, it was like 2000. Eight, nine ish when we Mm -hmm. is when we were in eighth grade. So I got the game on uh, like uh, on Christmas Day and I was like really the only present that was a pretty rough year in terms of financially for the world, but specifically my family. So the Mafia two game was like the highlight gift. It was a great gift. And I love that game. And I just remember like me and my brothers, like they were just like watching me play this game in like this cold ass room because like Jersey had like a historic blizzard and It was a a very sad time in my life, but Mafia Two gave me a lot of like happiness and warmth. It's
1: the first time you saw tits on the big screen, isn't it?
2: Oh my god! Don't
1: lie to the people. We all know that Playboy magazines are the collectibles.
2: That is true. That is the collectibles. But uh, but yeah, no, that game is that game has a special place in my heart just for the that specific core memory
1: that game is incredible and then you mentioning it being around the holidays is like a whole separate branch of just games that take place during christmas Mm -hmm. i don't know if i have a favorite but i know miles morales is a big one
2: that was great like two years ago for me definitely a hit
1: yeah so it's nice i think when i think of a game just like one singular game that i remember standing out for holidays is i remember in 2010 We had So a tradition in our household was always my parents would let us open one Christmas Eve gift, and then we would open the rest of the gifts Christmas morning. And Mm. so my parents or my mom specifically picked out my Christmas Eve gifts most years, and so she handed me the gift, and I opened it. I was like, oh, shit, it's Gran Turismo 5. And my dad was kind of pissed because he was like, why the fuck did you give him his main gift for Christmas Eve? (laughs) And so – that was a whole thing but it's 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 funny and then i remember getting the game and putting it in my ps3 and acting like i was going to sleep and then i stayed awake all night watching tom and jerry while the game installed The shit took forever (laughs) and then i remember just next morning playing it and they had the they had the wow how the fuck am i the top gear they had the top gear license test in that one and mm-hmm. that that was a really that one like you're saying that's also a core memory where I remember staying up all night watching Tom and Jerry just like switching the inputs checking if it's done and then and then and going then back.
2: Another core memory I have of you staying up all night is you playing the Need for Speed Most Wanted remake or reimagining yeah. or whatever the fuck they want to. I don't know what it. What it was technically brand like new for Sp- reboot me for females want to reboot mark got the game it was, and whenever it came out i think it came out like in the spring or something you were just spending the night i went to bed and mark was literally playing the game all night and then my mom walks in the room and then mark's like hey i'm just playing games
1: yeah that one was a i started the game and i i don't know if i've done i might have done this with another game but that's the one that i remember i sat down started it and platinum did it in one sitting now that one sitting was like 13 or 14 hours but (laughs) i think i did yeah i sat down and i plotted that whole thing and your mom came in and she was like what the fuck are you doing still awake (laughs) she brought that up recently too actually we were talking that was kind of funny yeah that's a that's a good one too
2: the good times good memories but um enough of the memories you'll you'll hear plenty of the memories and the stories that me and mark have uh shared with each other throughout our journey with go for bronze that's what i'm saying yeah, let's not give it all away. You know, they're, they're going to get more the more they come. But uh, let's, let's get into the few
1: future. topics we have. Yeah, the few topics we have. We're going to look to the future here now. It is the holiday season, so news is a little bit weak. But something that I tease in the Twitch is, luckily, we have reliable leakers every month to tell us what's going to be on PlayStation Plus Essentials. So we have our list for January. It's going to be Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Fallout 76, and Axiom Verge 2. Fallout 76 is a PS4 title, while the other two are cross-gen and have PS5 versions as well. These titles will be available to add to your library starting January 3rd until February 7th. So that also means you have until January 3rd to pick up last month's title. Once you add them to your library, they'll never go away as long as you stay subscribed at the essential tier. Now, Star Wars Jedi uh, Fallen Order is kind of a big one just because Jedi Survivor is going to release in March. So if you're someone who hasn't played it, I think that's a really solid choice for PlayStation to get to kind of build hype for it. It's a good marketing strategy and probably a good idea to release it two months earlier instead of one month to give people time to play it because not everyone has unlimited time to play. It. I think here we already have Jedi fallen order and fallout 76 axiom verge two. I don't know if we have the first one, but I've never played them.
2: Yeah. I heard it's a pretty solid metroidvania, but not, I didn't hear anything like in terms of it being like a standout, but it's a, I heard it's a solid metroidvania. Might dive into it, maybe not. I think we also have uh, Cyber Shadow to get into. Those games kind of strike me when, like, I least expect it. Like, I'll just start playing them and then get, like, kind of sucked into it. So I don't know if I'm going to definitely get into that because I have so many big things to play. But Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, a platinum on PS4. So definitely would recommend. It's probably my favorite Star Wars game. And I'm not... Are they giving you the PS5 version? Because I know they did a really good... uh, like a next gen update, so I would if you have a PS5, I would play it on PS5 because it plays at like a smooth sixty, has all the performance modes, the, uh, the visual modes. If you want to go more ray tracing, have it look all nice and pretty. So I would recommend playing it on PS5 because I and I might replay it myself on PS5, maybe try to get that platinum again because I because I know they did a really good job with that port.
1: That one is available on PS5 as well.
2: Perfect, and then Fallout seventy six. I mean. If you want to play it.
1: (laughs) I mean, I I will say so Jedi Jedi Fallen Order. I need to play it. I don't have experience Mm -hmm. with that. But Fallout 76, I can at least talk to I probably put (laughs) in at least 25, maybe 30 hours. Now, I would say I hopped into it in 2020 or maybe like early 2021. So I'm playing it when there's already NPCs because I know that that's something that they added later. And they've kind of continued to support it. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was ass. But it's not very good either, just in the sense that even though they kind of touted it as it's a world that you can play by yourself and you'll run across people and it's cool and and it's interesting, you'll form alliances and whatnot. It, the execution of it seems very unorganized unless you're going into it with a party. So you might run up against people, but you don't know if they're going to shoot you. Maybe they'll work with you, but it doesn't seem very facilitated like what is going to happen or why you would even want to be playing it with multiple people. It's a strange game, but yeah, it's free. Yeah. So you can try it. And then with Jedi Fallen Order, I wanted to swing it to uh big dog here too. Cause he did play it as well. Jory, do you know, did you know that there's going to be a new one? And are you interested in playing the new one?
0: So I really like the old one and I did not know that there was going to be a new one. I had a lot of fun with that one. <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, I consider that one worth the time. I like the story and I like the gameplay, and it's always fun to have lightsabers, man. So yeah, um, sort of excited for the new one too.
2: One didn't of the you best, say the uh, maps? Dark Vader scene.
0: Didn't you say the Was maps that? were confusing as fucking it?
2: So, yes,
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's for me. I don't know if anybody else felt that way, and I didn't want to out myself as being sort of uh, you know you know dumb or simple. So uh, yes, I, I got really confused on the maps. Is that a problem across other, like, you know, people who don't, have short-term memory
2: issues no yeah the maps were definitely panned as like being one of the worst parts of the game oh, it's definitely God. it's reminiscent of metroid prime one and two for the gamecube with those weird like 3d maps where you have to like spin them perfectly to like kind of see the layers of it and be that like that was where the so suck?
0: confusing to me where okay I cool go?
2: so yeah it's it's not just you that was like a big issue with the game as a whole oh. that the maps were very confusing
0: all right, cool, man. Yeah, I totally thought that was just me. Like, like, yeah, I did complain about that too, didn't I?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. the maps were definitely not the most easy to comprehend and not the most clear. I thought it was just me. Thank no, no, God. no, 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 no.
0: Thank God. All right.
2: Specific- Winning every day. That's- Specifically with that one world where it's like there's like, multi- there's like a really deep layer and it's like it's like move the map all the way down and you're like, oh, shit, there's that part of the map.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i remember a few like that
2: yeah
0: i mean it makes sense i haven't
1: played it but what you guys are describing is also the way that doom and doom eternal does their maps like you were Mm -hmm. saying where it's 3d and you kind of see the layers and i I don't know i guess from a from a design standpoint to be like oh well you know you can zoom in and zoom out and turn it around and get all the angles but it is very confusing when you're like okay i need it i know that i need to go here but if you're Mm -hmm. looking at it flat you're like well if i follow this path it'll get me there but then you try it and then you're like fuck wait never mind it's like a different level so, yeah those are annoying yeah i mean well, the least- point of any
0: map in life like if you're driving uh or whatever the map is it's supposed to be easily readable right mm-hmm. i mean do you want to spend a lot of your time navigating your maps app or do you want to drop a location in there and get there like so you know, maybe they should put those very talented artists to work on something that's, uh, you know, something that should be more visually appearing, appealing, and uh, you know, just let the engineers do the map because that's just supposed to be functional, right? That's just me. Yeah, I think so.
2: I mean, I feel like it's a, this ties into also just AI in general being confusing, where people are like trying to do new things, where it's you like mean, I feel UI? like UI. My bad, not AI they're using fucking ai to make the ui and it's ass. that's right but the uh the ui in games recently has kind of been panned as being atrocious i know modern warfare 2 has definitely received a lot of criticism and it's and for me too it looks like a streaming app instead of like a video game menu and then i feel like that also ties into the maps because even god of war ragnarok and the original god of war have pretty awful maps like you can't even like zoom in a decent amount and i was just thinking like back then i'm like how did fallout 3 skyrim like master like their maps were never confusing i kind of like always knew what was going on you can like go in to a big world map you can go into like the specific little dungeon that you were in and it's just you know you stick to the basics you don't gotta you don't gotta innovate everything innovate gameplay innovate storytelling but you know simple stuff like main menus and maps just keep it simple and make it make sure like joe said the maps supposed to be easily understand it, understandable
1: yeah i agree i think the formula for the best map possible is easy to read have all the icons on it including collectibles and allow filters mm-hmm. that's the best yes. make it 2d but also have collectibles and have like check marks or something by it that way for people who want a hundred percent of the game. We don't waste our time trying to count and remember them. But then also <laughs> having the filters is perfect because then you don't have to have too cluttered of a map. So I think, yeah, you want to go best go two D easily readable, maybe one color. Something that God award does that I don't like is don't try to be too cute. Don't try to like have it be all the correct colors. Like, Oh, the water is blue and this is like green yeah. area. I don't know, no, no, no. Just keep it simple. Make it easy to read, collectibles, check them off. And I actually never really use the maps in Bethesda games that much, but you're right. It is really cool that they actually do dungeon maps per, and then you can look at the overall maps. So yeah. It's yeah, some of those elements they they make a big difference, especially games that you'd spend a long time with them.
2: Yeah, especially stuff when you're like like you said, for trophy hunters is like ridiculous when you can't navigate a map and i remember jedi fall in order like i was breaking my head trying to get like final collectibles and just being like where the fuck am i supposed to go
1: mm-hmm. it's the worst when they don't put that i would say maybe that's one that's maybe the one thing that so so they don't put collectibles on that map
2: i don't i don't believe so and i i don't think they do that and then also just like the way they don't show like a clear path mm. like it's very much like Okay. It looks like it can be a clear path, but then there's always the, the the invisible wall where you're like, oh wait, I can't do this. I have to actually go all the way around here to get to that yeah. specific part. So it's not very clear in terms of like direction as well. Similar to God of War where it's like, all right, I, I can just go right across. I can see exactly where I have to go, but I can't just jump across because it's not a true open world
1: yeah that makes sense and so i guess the the reason why maybe doom eternal isn't brought up as much in that map argument is even though it has the same kind of bullshit like 3d manipulate it yourself kind of map the collectibles in the game you can get you can get like power ups in the game that show you where collectibles are and then they show up on the map so i think because of that it makes it not that bad and doom does a very good job of making it easy to clean stuff up clean stuff up afterwards
2: yeah uh, and also maybe the map, like the levels in doom are a little bit smaller so it's not like as big of a map i don't know you, you spent more time with the game in platinum but i would assume the levels are a little bit smaller so it's not like a whole open world segment
1: yeah they they can they can get pretty beefy it's only really noticeable or annoying when you have large levels like there are a couple of levels that are like towers and those are annoying because yeah you got to zoom out and figure out all these floors which doors <laughs> open which doors not open but Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order here uh, supplying a lot of content. This is good, good conversation.
2: Great conversation. But um, I think that's all I have to say for this month's uh, uh, PlayStation Plus Essential Games. Same. I would probably, as it, this is definitely like, like a, I'd give it like a B, B plus list of games.
1: I agree. B plus is solid. So it's a good rating. <laughs>
2: But uh, you do you want you want to get into our second segment of the day and our last segment of the day? But it's going to be a beefy one. Yes, road mapping uh, the gaming year of twenty twenty three.
1: Yeah, I think this will be very good. So Joel had the excellent idea of we're gonna go ahead and go month by month and maybe pick a game for each of us that we either is gonna be the one that's most anticipated for us. Now we know that it is early, and the way games kind of do release dates now, it's very possible they can get delayed or they like to not give a date to start. So I would say about sixty percent of my list does have an actual date, and then probably forty percent is I'm just guessing this is gonna come out, but with that being said, you know, hopefully throughout the year, I can be like, Oh shit, I was right. This game came out or I was fucking wrong and I'm a moron, but we can discuss that when we discuss (laughs) that. So do you want to go month by month? Maybe.
2: Uh, Yeah, I want to go month by month. I pulled up an article from the gamer here, shout out the gamer. And uh, they have this beautifully laid out article where it just goes month by month and it just goes, has all the major releases. So um, you can you can go first and just say whatever you sticking out to you each month and then I'll just clean up and touch on some other highlights also say what I, is my main game for the month too but if we miss anything else that's coming out I'll definitely shout it out
1: all right sounds good so January my game of January would be dead space yeah I think that's a, that's an easy and clean one
2: and then also what I would like to do is is this gonna be like a day one purchase or is he gonna wait for a sale is this gonna? For your game of the month. That's
1: a tough one because I would say... So normally, I I think one game a month I do normally always buy day one. But it's going to, I guess, kind of rely on reviews. But either way, we can get into that a little bit. I would say with Dead Space, it's probably a day one. I can't imagine that they could fuck it up that bad. The worst case scenario that I can see is either performance issues or maybe there is just some little ui elements that aren't the best but i can't really imagine that you can mess that up that bad so that would probably be a day one purchase for me i know other games in january or i guess the only other one that i can think of is i'm kind of interested in monster hunter rise but that's one of those ones that i would kind of wait for because monster hunter world was a little too overwhelming to get into
2: yeah and then my game for january It's two games, but they're both they're they're bundled up. Uh, Persona Four Golden and Persona Three Portable. Their uh, remasters are coming to Playstations, the Xboxes, and PC. And uh, I'm definitely excited to play them. I have Persona Four Golden on Vita. It's just I'm not I'm not that dedicated of a Vita player, so it's kind of hard to like get me. Motivated, especially to play such a beefy game, like to be like sitting on my Vita for like eight hours playing Persona. So, I definitely think having it on the big screen will motivate me to actually finish it and get more into it, and then hopefully maybe go and play through Persona 5 and all that stuff. Because I played Persona 5 for like 80 hours, but shocking, I have not beaten it yet because it's a long ass game. But, um, the only other thing I noticed from uh, January. Is obviously our, our beloved First Spoken, which is a PS5 console exclusive. And um, the One Piece Odyssey JRPG, which is not a big deal to us, but I know it's a big deal to the weebs out there. So I just want to shout out to the weebs.
1: Yeah, I would say with um, with the Persona games too, You know, if you get a backbone, that could be fun to play
2: remote play. Definitely. And my birthday is coming up in uh, January 31st, so... Who knows? Maybe I might be getting a backbone or might be getting my bone back. Who knows? All
1: right, so February. <laughs> Let's
2: move. Right? Let's move on to February. Yeah.
1: February, I would say for me, is atomic heart. That one Ooh. would be something that would be day one if reviews are good, but that would definitely be based on reviews.
2: Okay. And then my day one for February, it's a tie. It's a tie between Hogwarts Legacy and uh, Like a Dragon Ishin. Those are definitely, those are definitely two. The yeah, this the beginning of the week is or the beginning of the year is definitely going to have some heat because uh, I am excited for Hogwarts Legacy. That's more review dependent. Like a Dragon Ishin is very much like a, a might be a day one purchase. Atomic Heart isn't above Ishin for you. Atomic Heart, like you, you kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit. You were like, eh. oh yeah, I guess that's true you're like nobody no know, nobody knows anything about the story who's who's mudfish you know what have they done i mean so yeah it could be me off the it
1: could be callisto part two that's true i think i just picked it because i was like like a dragon he i know i'll love but it's like those games are so not as a negative like i love it but they're formulaic in the sense that i'm like well i have a million of them i'll get to the new one when i get to it but i don't think i would buy it day one
2: yeah but uh, but Hogwarts Legacy is definitely like if it gets like a like if it gets like like an eighty-five on Metacritic, a few nines spattered around here and there, then I'll definitely be into it. I do. It gives me a little bit of bully vibes, even though I know it's not going to be as graphic or mean as Bully is. But going to school aspect of it seems very cool. But um, other than that, uh, in February. We do get the launch of the PSVR 2, and that's going to have all the PSVR goodies like Horizon, Call of the Mountain, Resident Evil Village for VR. Um not noticing anything else. so. But yeah, Octopath Traveler 2 is also coming out in February for you. I don't know if you're interested in that. Nah, I'm good. But yeah, so that's that's all we have for uh, February. Are you interested at all in Hogwarts Legacy?
1: No. I mean, if it's like great, I'll play it, but I'm not buying it. I just, I just like, I Harry Potter doesn't do anything crazy to me. And then I see the bully energy too, but I don't, I would rather just play bully than Hogwarts. So, I mean, we'll see. I hope it's great, right? I've never hoped that a game is bad, but it's just not one that for me personally, I really am looking forward
2: to. You should play bully. Bully is fucking fantastic. But, uh, but yeah, um, atomic heart. I don't know. I'm interested to see that game. That is definitely, I feel like that's the wild card of the year. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Looking at my list, there's there's a lot of stuff that looks good, but a lot of it is relatively safe. But hopefully, we're surprised. There's a couple that would be surprising. But yeah, so February Atomic Heart for me.
2: All right. And then next month is also going to be a pretty safe month. Uh, I think I can guess what next month is going to, what in March is definitely going to be your game what's your guess i'm gonna guess resident evil 4 remake
1: yeah yeah that's it <laughs> yes
2: yeah, so, i mean it is uh, yeah so you're right yeah it's, it's easy what's your temperature reading on the game are you hyped for it are you because i know when we saw yeah. the trailer the gameplay trailer we were a little bit more we were questioning a few elements of the game but overall like you have confidence is going to be solid or you think they're going to fuck it up is it going to be more of a Resident Evil 3 remake or more of a Resident Evil 2 remake in your mind?
1: That's a, so the thing I was going to say is, is that worst case scenario even if it's a Resident Evil 3 level, I still really love Resident Evil Resident Evil 3. I ended up playing it a bunch of times, platinumed it. So they they can't really go that far off the deep end. Even like the worst Resident Evil games barring 6, like I like 5 And stuff like that. So I kind of enjoy all of them. So no matter what I know, I will really like it. And Resident Evil 4, I never beat the original version of the game. So that one's just an easy, pretty safe. I'm sure it'll be really good. Even if it's not as good as people expect it to be, I'm sure I'll still really like the product.
2: Okay. And then my game for March is going to be Star Wars Jedi Survivor, as we were talking at the top of the show. Uh, I played the first one by in a minute. So I'm definitely hyped to play that. And um, I'm expecting great things out of it. It's a sequel. The first one had a few weird gimmicks. It was uh, Respawn's first A into third-person action. So hopefully they iron out some of the little details and things that were missing in the first game, like, you know, with the UI map. And, and it looks like they're expanding the combat in the trailer. They definitely already showed off some new things that were not possible in the first game. So And the story seems to be more darker, so... That's always good for a Star Wars story. And then um, the only other thing to note, make of note in March would be The Last of Us Part 1 is releasing on PC. So the PC players finally get to play one of the greatest games of all time. And then I also... On this article, I see that Crime, Crime Boss Rock K City, the game that we saw at the Game Awards, that looked really cool. But I see only a release date for PC. So I don't know if it's coming later to playstation 5 because i thought it was also coming but that's coming out to pc and i would like to play that whenever it does eventually come to playstation Five. i think the one with
1: all the actors yeah i think that's also ps5 for march i was just like resident evil is for sure would be the okay. top
2: so moving on to april april is a little bit harder it's a little bit slower month but uh, what do you have anything in april
1: yeah dead island 2
2: dead island 2 the the only the, the the thing dude, there. Nuke him forever <laughs> yeah dead island 2 really is the only thing out coming out um hogwarts legacies ps4 and xbox one port is also coming out and uh horizon forbidden west the expansion burning shores which is ps5 exclusive also comes out in april and the um the game that sony's been putting a lot of money behind the meet your maker which i believe is that uh Meet your, it was that like a uh, Doom, like dungeon builder game that's like Minecraft meets Doom. So that kind of weird hodgepodge that we've been seeing trailers of at PlayStation's been putting out blog posts for it. But yeah, I would say Dead Island 2 is definitely the, the winner of April. And then, so what is your temperature on uh, Dead Island 2?
1: Solid, great. You- it's going to be good. Even if it's fucking five out of 10, I'll still play it.
2: Really, you're like you're that dedicated to it. Well, yeah, it'll be fun.
1: Like that's the thing is, there are some games where they are not the best, and it's like annoying to play them. But then there's some games where, like, okay, I might not review the best, but you know you're gonna have a good time. That's one of those things. It's like we already have Dying Light and Dying Light Two. So if you want a more refined kind of story, is good. One of those kind of games, then you can go there. But Dead Island, I mean, worst case scenario, you're going to hop in it for a couple of hours, probably RPG, go ahead and kill a bunch of zombies with like creative weapons, level up trophy list probably won't be that bad. And there's to me nothing else in April. So, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's a pretty for me, that's a pretty easy one. And that's one of those ones, too, where even if it doesn't review the best, I don't think it would change my opinion because I I feel like we already know exactly what the game is going to be.
2: I just need a hoodoo you voodoo bitch reference in the game, and it's, it's a ten out of ten in my heart. Mm. But um, but yeah, Dead Island Two, I'm definitely hyped for. I hope it. I hope they can land the plane and at least have it working. I hope it's not like. I agree with you where reviews don't matter, but I just hope it's not like a mess, like in terms of like being glitchy and being broken in that aspect. But I, I think yeah, the bones of it, if it's if it works, then it will still be a fun game. Because that's what I the original o- Dead Island was too. Just like a weird game that not everybody loved, but like the people who stuck with it enjoyed it.
1: I only hope that trophies work, even if the game is buggy. I'm yeah. down Because <laughs> Dead Island is pretty fucking funny when it's buggy, yeah. as long as the trophies track.
2: Yeah, because that was an issue with the first one, right? Or Riptide, I remember specifically too.
1: That was an issue with both of them and also in Dying Light 2. I know they're separate games, but Dying Light 2 is famous for having trophies being broken. That's why me and Joel both haven't played it yet. And we both loved the first one. <laughs>
2: that's true and then um so let's move on into may may is also pretty light but there's definitely one big game that's coming out that is very interesting and what is your may game
1: yeah suicide, suicide squad killed the justice league
2: yeah um i'm hyped for that how where, where, what do you think i mean yeah day one I would
1: purchase say, yeah day one purchase red hot i mean rocksteady hasn't released something that i haven't loved in a decade so that one's very That's easy true. and the showing that they showed of it recently, I thought looks great. So yeah, I am I'm, I'm all in for it.
2: Yeah. And then the only other game of note releasing in May is uh, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And this is a PlayStation podcast, but we did love Breath of the Wild. And uh, would you be interested in diving back into the Legend of Zelda and turning on yeah, the sneaky mean- Switch?
1: interested yeah but i didn't want to put that just because well for one i am more interested in suicide squad but then Mm -hmm. also breath of the wild was groundbreaking and genre defying and all that bullshit but tears of the kingdom is one of those ones where i'm a little bit more like based on what i'm seeing it looks like breath of the wild with maybe slightly more but i'm gonna need a little bit i'm gonna need to see a little bit more before i'm sold on it And even Breath of the Wild, like I I really enjoyed it and I enjoyed it for its format, I think is the most important thing. But if the format doesn't change enough, I'm not that interested.
2: That's true. And and I know us being a PlayStation podcast, definitely the Xbox fan base can say the same thing for us. But there is a thing as a Nintendo bump in terms of all their games. Like you already know Legend of Zelda is going to get 10s. It, but the thing is that you can't trust that 10 or you can't trust the, like the great or like nine and whatever. Like I feel like all first party Nintendo if it has Zelda or Mario in the game. Like it doesn't get less than like a seven and it can be like bare bones as shit. But like, you know, this this game is definitely going to be getting like nines and tens all over the place. So it's going to be a game where not even based on reviews, I just have to like I have to like look more into it and just do a thorough like research about the game and really see what's new and what they changed because there is the Nintendo bump. I know that people believe there's the same thing with the Sony first party bump but I think the Nintendo bump is way more prevalent. Plus
1: the Switch is getting a little bit old and Breath of the Wild launched in March 2017 where they released it on Wii U and on Switch at the same time and I had it on Wii U and it ran like shit and then I got a Switch later (laughs) and bought it for Switch so that's another thing with Tears of the Kingdom where we're starting to get some leaks coming out about a nintendo maybe like an nx project there was that issue on the system where there was it gave the wrong startup screen so there's always a chance that they release some kind of new hardware and that this is going to be the flagship title for that so i would wait also knowing that
2: yeah and then um and then, yeah suicide squad is going to be fantastic hopefully i i mean i yeah i, I trust rocksteady and especially with the, you know, Gotham Knights kind of falling flat, Suicide Squad is definitely going to have a lot more energy behind it from the peoples, from the streets. But uh, let's move on in here to June, Mark. Is there anything in June calling your name? There's not that many. There's not many games here I think that you would actually genuinely be interested in.
1: But well, Final Fantasy 16, picking up what's, um, what's known to be June
2: okay yeah final fantasy 16 would definitely be mine the only other two games of note that i have here are street fighter 6 and diablo 4
1: and then and then so starting uh, you can if you have more to say on those games you totally can i was just saying that now kind of hitting july is when i think things get really interesting because i have things picked for what i think will come out or what i will what i will be buying but i know around july is when we kind of don't have release dates
2: yeah um uh, the only thing I have left to say about Final Fantasy 16 is that uh, I am excited for it, playing and getting more, becoming more of a Final Fantasy uh, nerd. So I'm enjoying that. And. Diablo 4 kind of seems interesting. Street Fighter 6, I don't know. Every time we go play, we went to Arcade Monsters, which is like a local arcade here in Orlando. We played Third Strike. Every time we play like, Arc- uh, Street Fighter Third Strike, I'm like, I don't know, can I become a Street Fighter guy? And this new one kind of looked a little cool. So maybe. But that's also a game though where I definitely could see that on like subscription services within six months.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe I could see that too. Yeah, go ahead and get into it. Get into fighting games. I love it
2: yeah maybe with age with age i'm definitely becoming more and getting more into fighting games but uh what do you think so what for july do you have a game or do you have what you think will be coming out
1: i have a i have one game selected for all of the all of the next months
2: my selection okay so from july till the end of the month
1: uh no from july till the end of the year end of like, the year, my bad. yeah i have one game for each month so for july my now these are both this is kind of a combination of a guess of what i think will come out with some supporting evidence and then also in tandem with that it's the game i would want so i'm not just saying the game i think would come out but i'm not interested in so july my guess is going to be test drive unlimited solar crown I would love that. Now, the reason why I'm Mm -hmm. making that guess is because Test Drive Unlimited Solar Crown has been in development for a couple of years. They're starting to tease it a little bit quietly on their social media accounts, but also the team that makes it, Nacon, they do their big Mm -hmm. blowout every July. Like, they're kind of showing what we have, what we're working on. But... The way that they've been talking about it, I would imagine that it kind of has to be done or getting wrapped up soon. And I don't think that's a game they would want to push until fall because I don't know how well it would perform. So my guess is, yeah, July. I think Test Drive Unlimited Solar Crown. If it came out in July, that would be perfect. I think that would that mm-hmm. would be the game of the month, and then just yeah, that's what I would want for that month.
2: Okay, yeah, that's definitely uh, that's that's definitely a game that uh, that would be fun and would be. It's a different racing game compared to every other racing game. I know people that are outside of the racing genre will look at most racing games and be like, they're all the same. But uh, Test Drive has like a special sauce to it with the, the ability to A, test drive cars and B, like buying properties and the whole open world aspect of it. I know you said the last one that didn't get much love was actually really good
1: yeah i loved the last one and then this one what we know about it so far is this one does take place in hong kong it's a one-to-one creation of the map you can start to see some cars that they're talking about in the trailers that do exist and then they're starting to release pictures of the environments on their socials and it looks really great and yeah i'm pretty excited for it and just like you were saying yeah it has those things where a lot of the elements that Horizon, uh, that Forza Horizon is famous for kind of came from Test Drive Unlimited. But of course, mm-hmm. Test Drive Unlimited teams is a lot smaller and they don't have as much money. So I'm hoping that this one comes out and is good and it can stand on its own. It doesn't have to be competing at that same level. But being in Hong Kong, I think that's an interesting map. And yeah, if you're able to buy properties and walk through your garage, customize your characters, I'm all about it. And especially if it is a summer release in a dead time i think that would be perfect for it
2: yeah all right and you can you can basically just go and list everything off that's coming out for or what you think is coming out for the end of the year and then anything you missed i have a list here for to be announced games for 2023 and then i'll just hit on those
1: all right cool so yeah so then i'll go through these i'll give a little description and then that's basically about it but so august my guess is going to be the wolf among us two I think that that game is probably close to being done, if not already done, and I think August would be a nice time for it. September is going to be a little bit more of a maybe hidden choice, but I think would be excellent and really screams like a September kind of release to me, and that's going to be the PlayStation 5 exclusive Stellar Blade. We've seen that a couple of times, and we've seen gameplay. We know that it now has a working title, or not a working title, but a final title, and so I think that would be there. October I know this is safe maybe a little bit boring October is going to be the expansion for Modern Warfare 2 we know that Mm -hmm. we have uh, how am I forgetting the name of the studio Infinity Ward Treyarch what's the other one Sledgehammer Sledgehammer. we know that Sledgehammer is going to be the ones working on this based on a report from Jason Schreier so I think this expansion would be my pick for October moving right into November I think this is also very safe Spider-Man 2 I think Spider-Man 2 will be a November release and has already been confirmed for a fall 2023 window. We know that they like to get their games out in November because it gives a little bit of extra time to get them for the holidays, get people consoles and whatnot. Now, my pick for December, which I think would be a grand slam, but I very much could see it happening, is I think December will be Silent Hill 2.
2: Ooh. Because
1: that is 2023, but I don't think they're going to want to release it in spring, and I think that I can see it early December.
2: Yeah, and that's a synergy with the spooky season and the scary games. You know, it's always a great marketing tactic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, that's 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 uh, that's my list. And I, I feel pretty good that at least half of that will definitely make it, even though they don't have... Like, Modern Warfare 2, definitely. Spider-Man, definitely. And then I think Silent Hill 2 and Stellar Blade I feel pretty good about.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to touch on a few games here that have 2023... 2023- years tagged to them but don't have dates tied, tied to them a game that i think that could also come out in october that ties in that spooky synergy on here is alan wake 2 this is uh the sequel obviously to alan wake and as we've learned alan wake can control in the same universe so i think that this game is going to be a lot more exciting and this game alan wake 2 yeah, i think they did confirm is going to be a survivor horror game so it's very, it's very, you know, just interesting to see how they tie it all together. They're kind of creating this new universe with Control and the Alan Wake and Control Two, and so Alan Wake Two. I would, I hope it comes out. I can also see that getting delayed into twenty twenty four, but hopefully it does come out. And then the other game, another big game, is Avatar Frontier of Pandora's. The Avatar Two movie came out; it's doing great in the box office. But they also apparently have a an open world RPG. Uh, made, it's gonna be made and published by Ubisoft. Um, not, I don't really have much to say about that, but you know, it's just just out there, just you know, big game. Uh, Crash Team Rumble, the the multiplayer crash game that was announced at the Game Awards, which also has a 2023 tag to it, and they have Death Stranding two here. That's bullshit. That you think Death Stranding two can come out next year?
1: If we're, to, I mean, if we're saying, do I think it can come out? To be honest, I think it can, considering that it would already have four years. And I know that Kojima has gone on record saying that development time was helped a lot by the fact that most of the world was able to be empty and they didn't have to create a lot of different reacting AI and that kind of stuff. So I would say four years, if they were like really swift with it, I could see it, but I, my guess is probably similar to yours, where I, I wouldn't guess that that would be a 2023 game. I would think 2024 for sure. I would think 2023 would be a little bit quick, but not unrealistic, considering it's a sequel and that it has been four years.
2: And they're working with Gorilla, too. So that might, you know, two teams kind of behind it mm-hmm. can be, make it more of an efficient development cycle um but yeah i mean if that comes out i'll be fucking hyped up would definitely be like a game of the year contender like off rip i ain't gonna play it
1: yeah i agree <laughs> so, i mean same for me
2: and then uh the cyberpunk expansion phantom liberty is also coming out sometime next year that definitely will be fun to dive into i've got to play the first one but that will be fun to play that expansion and then final fantasy 7 rebirth which would be the sequel to the final fantasy 7 remake uh, doesn't have an exact year or date tied to it, but it is rumored to be coming out in 2023. So that will definitely be fun. That uh, Hellblade game, or Hell, not Hellblade, Hellboy game that we saw at the beginning of Game Awards also has a 2023 year uh, tag on it, and that will be very fun because that game looked super, super cool and just kind of came out of nowhere. And I feel like really didn't get that much love even during like when people and the post Game Awards coverage.
1: Yeah, I agree. It didn't get talked about that much. I will say the one thing that kind of made me wince, I guess, a little bit is that it's going to be a roguelite, but uh, still interested. That's probably,
2: yeah, yeah, definitely interested still, but that's a little disappointing to hear. And then I'm just scrolling through here to see if there's anything else that pops out um, to me. Starfield, obviously, that that's definitely for, so, that's, a lot. that's for the ops. Just for the ops. Uh, 8. yeah, nice. Yeah, I know Tekken Eight
1: is there. Tekken Eight is one of those ones where I could even see it pushing into the next year, though.
2: You think so? I feel like they they're pretty timely about pushing them out. Mm,
1: I mean, Tekken Seven came out a while ago, and
2: when they release it, I feel like when they talk about them, they come out soon.
1: I would hope so, but they've been talking about Tekken Eight for a minute. Because they've okay. been talking about it because now people probably on a mass scale saw it at the Game Awards, but they've been talking about it at Tekken World Tour. And so that's where when I've been watching that and one of my favorite streamers uh, avoiding the puddle is kind of like, well, they've talked about it, but where is the date? And Harada-san sent out save the date shirts for Game Awards and then there's no <laughs> date. Now, I, I don't remember if they put a year, even if they did put 2023, though. I don't really know necessarily where it would fit in or if it is for sure going to come out. That's where I'm just like, well, I I just don't know. Because it's supposed to be a gameplay trailer at the Game Awards, which it was on a technicality where you see snippets. But they (laughs) they didn't show anything that made me feel like, okay, I'm seeing what a match looks like. So, of course, now, you bringing that up, if they give it a date and it does come out in 2023, that'll absolutely... Depending on the month, actually, because it seems like a really stacked year. But for the most part, that would definitely take over the games because Tekken is one of my favorite franchises. I would play that, buy that day one, platinum it, no question. But I just don't know when it's going to come out. I think it would probably yeah. be a fall game, though. I think when Tekken's released, they're normally bigger fall games. And then I think Netherrealm games, like their competitors, are normally spring games. I don't think that they're mm-hmm. making anything or releasing anything this year, but normally Netherrealm games come out in the spring.
2: OK, so, uh, yeah, the only other thing is a in 1 and 2 HD remasters are also coming sometime next year, which I know those are very well acclaimed uh, JRPGs from the P, uh, PS1 generation. And then uh, the only other game here that I would like to toss because you called it as being a Transformer game is Transformer Reactive, which we saw uh, announced at the Game Awards. I don't think it's going to yeah, come out this great. year, but it's. That was a great call by you, and I just wanted to, you know, shout you out again. But yeah, I feel like we covered everything that's major and kind of sem- confirmed and semi-confirmed for next year. I mean, it looks like it's going to be a great year.
1: Yeah, we know for sure that also. Because now the thing too is, is that you get kind of. First of all, I'm really glad that they have lists like that online that we can go check. But because of the nature of every company and publisher and console manufacturer having their own kind of showcases, it's tough to remember all of these games and announcements because you don't have them uploaded or updated at the same time so again like final fantasy pixel remasters are going to be coming out next year mm-hmm. and there's probably a bunch that we like don't really know about and then every year we get a game possibly that's factions yeah possibly factions right we don't know playstation's probably going to have to have i mean they're going to have to have a showcase at some point point. and so yeah and, and it's interesting and especially in the age of digital sales being the biggest things things can be not necessarily day and date dropped but they can be oh, you know, we're going to talk about this and it's going to come out in two months. Stray, I feel like, was that way where it kind of came out pretty quickly after they talked about it again. Sifu, we knew about, but it comes out and then it's excellent. And then it's nice to have surprises. So it's really fun to predict and look at the year before it happens. But then it's it's one of the my favorite parts about gaming is that there's always going to be titles that fly under the radar and then get amazing reviews. And then they're part of the conversation the whole year. So it looks really good. It looks like we've got a lot of safe options, but I'm excited with that because if we have safe options, it means that we've got stuff to fall back on, but there's probably going to be some crazy stuff too. Yeah,
2: there's definitely going to be like little indie surprises, uh, like Earthblade, the people that made Celeste, their game is also supposed to come out eventually too. I so think that's 2024. Like is it 2024? I think so. Okay, well, it was on this list? So these the gamers, they're fucking up. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very happy for next year. Next year is definitely going to be more of a third party year, not really leaning on the first party as much as like this year with like Gran Turismo Horizon, and God of War Ragnarok and Last of Us Part One. So I'm excited to you know, you know, play some third party games, play play some big IPs. I do, it does seem a little uh, commercial. Next year, with like the, you know, the Final Fantasies, the uh, Star Wars, the Harry Potters, a lot of big, uh, f- like, you know, commercial IP, Suicide Squad. But that's that's fun too. I mean, there's no shame. I, lo- I love the indie stuff, but I also love the, you know, the mainstream. It's mainstream for a reason. I think it's
1: good. I think overall it's good because when you have a year, even if you use 2022 as an example, people are like, oh, well, the year sucked. The year no. did not suck, but from a, basic consumer standpoint it's going to look a lot better when they see kind of the standard stuff of like oh suicide squad hogwarts There's still fantastic stuff from previous years but yeah not as many people are going to be playing like the smaller titles so it'll be good i don't really have that much more to say i would definitely say that i will kind of come back to this month by month especially when it comes to summertime and see if these are the games that are actually coming out but looking forward to it
2: yeah, I feel like we're like you mentioned earlier, we're kind of just waiting on a big PlayStation showcase to kind of give us release dates and let us know what the first party's really up to, because outside of Spider-Man and Wolverine, I really don't know what's coming next.
1: Last of Us Part 3.
2: I mean, yeah. Yeah, Last of Us Part 3. <laughs> but um, I think that that's all we have for you folks today. Mark, do you have anything else? you have any closing comments for the audience?
1: No, happy holidays. I'm hoping that everyone's enjoying their gifts. Hopefully you got some good gaming shit and you can enjoy it, spend some time with it, celebrate the new year. Uh, I guess you can let us know on our Discord or comments and stuff like that what you're looking forward to in the next year.
2: Yeah. Uh, We hope you have a safe and happy New Year's Eve and go into the new year. Good health, good spirits. But you know where to find us every single week here at the Gopher Bronze Podcasts,
0: the go for bronze Podcast is a production of go for bronze Media, LLC. Hit us up on Twitter at GoForBronzePod. Instagram go i have
2: stolen my dreams.
0: That's right, we have. You can check us out on Twitch at GoForBronzePod. Also, our YouTube channel at go for bronze This is the big dog. Until next time.